Hey, Slingers. Welcome back to another week of the Word Slinger podcast. Also, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and here's a question for you. Is talent a real thing? We're going to talk about that next. Stick around. Hey, how you doing on money? I know it's a touchy subject, but uh, I got something that may help you out. See, I'm using an app called Acorns. It helps me manage some investing, uh, put some money back, get a little interest. It's kind of nice to watch my money grow. So I want to share that with you. Go to kevintumlinson.com slash acorns and you'll get some free money. See you there. It's the Word Slinger Podcast, where story matters. Build your brand. Write your book. Redefine who you are. It's all about the story here. What's yours? Now, here's the guy who invented pants optional, Kevin Tomlinson, the Word Slinger. Word Slinger. Well, I am Kevin Tomlinson, the Word Slinger. Uh, and kind of like a, a certain jolly, heavy set, bearded man. <laughs> well, that kind of describes me, actually. Um, I am. I come back uh, every year, every week, really, and uh, bringing you, hopefully, bringing you some uh, some joy and inspiration. <laughs> anyway, um, so I hope you're having a good holiday uh, so far. Thanksgiving came and went, as predicted. Um, I was. I overstuffed, a um, little bit miserable. Uh, some things have been re- regretted, <laughs> but uh, otherwise okay. Now um, I'm coming off of a, a week of taking care of my wife Kara, uh, who had uh, surgery last week this time, last Friday, um, and uh, you know we spent the whole day at the hospital, um, the whole weekend uh, practically at the hospital. Uh, got her back on. On Sunday, um, she, you know, she's kind of hobbling around, can't lift much, can't do much. So uh, I've been doing quadruple duty because uh, she, she probably does a lot more around here than I do typically. <laughs> so, uh, but I've been taking care of her and uh, making sure she's, uh, you know, fed and uh, got her pain meds and got her doctor visits and all that stuff. So it's been a, a hectic week because uh, on top of that, I. I continue to do all the other stuff. I uh, I did the all the things that I have to do for Drafts Digital. This includes a couple of webinars and videos and and uh, emails and blog posts and things like that. All that workload. Um, I've done some uh, cons- consultations with authors. I've done some interviews for the po- the Wordslinger podcast. I did a webinar for something uh, Roland Denzel and I are launching, which is the uh, Indie Author Blueprint, which, by the way, you should check out, IndieAuthorBlueprint.com. Sign up to be notified when that goes live, because that is going to be an interesting um, new way to educate the author community. Um, What we're aiming for is creating a a gateway, uh, a, a place for people to come to start and build and grow their author careers no matter what level they are. Um, and it's going to be primarily content-focused, as I've, you've heard me preach here on the show for years. I'm a big fan of uh, content. We are, by our very nature, content creators. So you know that's how we're going to address the problem of 
of author education. Um, and the idea there is it's not, you know, there may be some courses and things like that. But that will eventually come. But the idea is to provide you with a way to easily and quickly find resources that will be helpful to you that are also vetted by people who actually work in the industry who are actually part of the indie author community. And right now, that's me and Roland Denzel. And uh, we figure that's going to grow from there. So lots of affiliate stuff you can check out, books and apps and products and things like that. That's how we'll make money from the whole thing. Uh, but the goal is to provide you with as much as we can in terms of resources and helpful things. And in, as a part of that, we're doing webinars, which will include on that site um, and on YouTube and Facebook and elsewhere. And so that's a great way to grow. This podcast will be... Uh, included in that as are, as will other podcasts from other creators so looking forward to seeing how it all shapes up i think i'm, I'm really excited about it i really think it's going to be something useful to the indie author community <clears throat> so um that plug settled uh in addition to those all those things the webinars and the videos and the podcasts and the blog posts and all that stuff uh, i've continued of course writing my own fiction and uh, I've got the newest book is coming out. I've got somewhere around 50 books available now. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. Uh, I, I'm impressed. I, you know, you don't have to be impressed, but I am impressed. Uh, but this, it, I just put the, well, I've still got to do some editing. I've still got to write my, what I call my note at the end, uh, sort of author's note that closes out the book. Um, but the latest book is finished first draft finished uh, some of the editing has been done more editing to follow that book i will reveal the title uh, a little later but it's the it's the 10th dan kotler archaeological thriller and uh, i am very excited about it so uh, that's what's going on in kevin's world right now so a whole lot of whole lot of nifty stuff um so coming up I pre-recorded this. Now it was a little bit of an experiment. I used uh, I, I've been using Otter.ai. Um, if you are interested in trying out Otter.ai, I will be posting a link that you can use to get a free 30-day uh, trial of their the full version of it. Um, so you know, please please try that out because I get I get a little kickback. Uh, you should find that on the. Uh, show notes of this episode. I will uh, look that up here in a moment and maybe read it at the end. Um, I'm going to put a little note to myself here. Right here, provide link. <laughs> uh, Otter.ai. Um, so that is a uh, it's a great service. It does transcription. Now, for, for quite a while now, I've been using a service called Timmy, T-E-M-I, which is uh, owned by Rev. And they do some pretty good uh, transcription, and it's pretty inexpensive. It's like six bucks for an hour, um, which is unbelievable compared to what I used to pay for transcription. It's all automated, so um, it, it has some accuracy issues, of course, uh, as all these automated um, programs do. One of the things I've really enjoyed about Otter is it's fairly accurate. Like it's it's pretty dead on. Uh, and I've talked to several authors now, several, who are using it to do um, narration. So they they narrate uh, their book. Well, maybe that's the wrong. They're, they're transcribing is what they're doing. But so they're, they're dictating is the better term. They're, they're doing dictation. Um, 
but since the thing records your audio as you go, uh, you know, there's a potential for using this um, to actually produce audiobooks and written books at the same time. Uh, maybe not. There's some editing and that sort of thing that you got to deal with. But anyway, that wasn't where I was trying to go with this. Uh, we will be talking, by the way, in a future episode with Joanna Penn about the audio AI space. And some exciting things are happening here. She's producing a book about this kind of thing. Uh, it'll be ready by the time we do the interview. Um, and I'm excited about it. And from a, as a podcaster and an author, um, audiobooks are kind of the final frontier for me author-wise. I, I just haven't invested in them the way I should have, the way I tell others they should. Um, and with 50 books, it's a, it's a it's going to be expensive. <laughs> so anything I can do that can mitigate the cost of that is going to be very helpful. Um, so talking about Otter, uh, I recorded this the 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 content of this episode. Uh, what you'll hear next using Otter, the audio is not what I would uh, typically want it to be. However. Uh, it was doing the transcription as I talked. I'm going to put the raw transcript unedited uh, other than the fact that it actually I had it scan through and find my name to make sure my name was spelled correctly in the uh, you know uh, attributions. Um, but I'm just going to put the raw transcript on the show notes at wordslingerpodcast.com on this episode, uh, episode 203, by the way. Uh, and if you, you go there, you'll, you'll see how well Otter um, stacked up with the, uh, with the audio. You can read along as you listen and see how it did. Um, not 100% accurate, but it is very good and much better than what I was using. So if you are interested in that sort of thing, doing dictation to write your books, uh, this would be very helpful to you. Uh, I would recommend using some other software to record or even using a, a, a voice recorder. Um, as, as those of you who have seen me in video know, I use a uh, the Zoom H4n. Uh, it's a stereo audio recorder. It's a studio-grade uh, recorder. I use that as my microphone. Um, you can get recorders like that or uh, spend a little less. You know, For under 200 bucks. you can get a really high-quality. Zoom is a good brand. That's one that I, that I trust, but they're... I think it's Tasca is the other brand. I can't remember if that's how it's spelled or pronounced, actually. But there's uh, there are tons of audio recorders, so you don't even need software to do this. You could just dictate into your phone, even. Use your phone and record. But but what I would recommend is getting uh, getting set up with a good microphone, no matter what you're using, and records outside of Otter and then import into Otter. I will also be experimenting with Descript, uh, and I'm particularly interested in the overdub feature. Um, very, very interested in that. So we'll be, you know, look for some discussion of that uh, down the road. So anyway, I wasn't, um, wasn't really planning to do such a lengthy introduction. We're at like nearly 12 minutes, but uh, there was there's a lot happening, a lot going on, and I want to make sure that you hear it. Um, check out this episode. I recorded this to play around with the software for sure, but also um, I had had a discussion with some folks while I was at 20 Books uh, in Vegas about whether or not, about the idea that I don't believe in talent. I don't believe talent is a real thing. Um, 
And I know that some folks may be tuning me out already, uh, <laughs> but but bear with me. I think I kind of get get the gist of the idea in this uh, in this episode uh, that I recorded. But it uh, in general, um, I'll just give you the quick notes uh, version of it. But I, I do believe that talent does exist. I believe that you can nurture talent, but I don't believe that talent is an inborn thing. I don't believe that people are born with um, certain skills built baked in. I believe that you might have some tendencies um, and aptitudes towards certain types of things. I am primarily, I think that's certain types of thinking, which can uh, allow you to, uh, you know, when you, when something comes along that, you know, piques your interest, you can jump on it and learn it. And you're more enthusiastic about it perhaps, but I think it all comes down to desire. How how bad do you want it? So I know I kind of ticked off a couple of people (laughs) in Vegas with this idea who wanted to argue with me. Uh, and of course there's no use arguing with me. (laughs) You can perhaps persuade me to think differently about it, but you know, I don't, I don't give you ideas that I don't, you know, that I'm going to just throw away at the first sign of resistance. So um, it takes a bit to convince me otherwise. And I'm also not trying to convince you. So <laughs> there's no real debate. Uh, but I, you know, maybe I would, maybe I would consider debating this with, with someone. Um, might be fun. Might be interesting. So anyway, whatever. I'm not, that's not an open invitation. Uh, all you, all you other wordslingers out there, uh, th- that's not a call to, uh, you know, take me down or whatever, but it, you know, whatever we can discuss it anyway, enough rambling from me at 14 minutes. Let's, let's jump in. Let's hear what I had to say a couple of weeks ago <laughs> about this topic and uh, stick around on the other side. I'll, I'll uh, follow up with a few things um, and wish you uh, some happy holidays and that sort of thing. A special treat at the end. So, see you on the other side. Hey Slingers, we haven't had uh, one of these solo Slinger episodes in a while, so I thought I'd uh, spend a little time today, um, really kind of as we were gearing up towards Christmas. I'm recording this a couple of weeks out from Christmas. It's actually pretty early Christmas-wise, but I wanted to spend a little time just uh, talking about something that I got into a conversation (laughs) Okay, as many uh, of my conversations do, this conversation started going in one direction and ended up in a completely different direction. Uh, but while I was in Vegas for uh, 20 Books Vegas, I I had a conversation with Nick Thacker and a, and a couple other uh, authors, uh, actually a cover designer and an author. I don't want to name names. Uh, I, don't, I didn't get their permission. Nick, I will out. Uh, <laughs> but... In the course of the conversation, we, we, the topic came up. I don't recall exactly how. I think someone made a statement about, you know, maybe this isn't your talent or, you know, something about talent, you know. And I said <clears throat> that I don't believe in talent. <laughs> and I can almost hear people screeching to a halt wherever you're driving, you know, stopping your exercise bike or, uh, turning off the water because you figure uh, while you're doing your dishes, you figure maybe you're not hearing that quite correctly. Uh, and I can understand why, but hear me out. So talent is this concept. Now, there's a dictionary definition I could probably drum up. Um, 
about aptitudes and that sort of thing. Now, I, I do believe in aptitudes. What I don't believe in is inborn talent for certain things. As if you were born with this ability and, uh, you, you know, you didn't have to do anything beyond be, being born <laughs> to, to automatically be good at something. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to get off in the weeds here, but I, but here's, here's what I, here's where I was coming from. And you can tell that this is an earnest and honest conversation because, uh, I haven't, um, I haven't written anything down. I'm just kind of rolling through, uh, kind of giving you the gist of what I believe here. And it is just that. It's my belief. It's not, there's, I'm not going to try to prove to you that there's something to this, but I, I'm kind of hoping that by the end of this, you'll, you'll agree with my whole premise here, but here's the deal. <clears throat> so I do believe that people can be born with certain aptitudes, certain inclinations, you know, um, maybe they are better at physical activities than other people. You know, I don't really consider that a, a talent. Um, some people do, but let's just take Tiger Woods, for example. Tiger Woods is <clears throat> kind of known. Maybe, maybe this isn't as true now as it once was, but he's like the best golfer in the world. Uh, I just don't believe that you can be born a talented golfer. <laughs> That's a skill you acquire, right? Now, does he have certain inclinations toward that? Sure. Um, you know, he, he developed a passion for it early on, or his parents developed it on his behalf, I guess. Uh, I've heard all kinds of things about Tiger Woods. I have not studied Tiger Woods, so bear with me, but, um, <clears throat> you know, the, uh, when you've got when a kid born and taught to play this game and is nurtured through this game, how much of that can you really call inborn talent by the time it's done? He might have certain, you know, genetic advantages or physical advantages uh, for that sport, but you can't. It's hard for me to justify this idea that uh, he was born to play golf. Same with, uh, is it Michael Phelps, the swimmer, uh, Michael Phelps? So you know, there was a comment made that. You know, he, he was born with a genetic advantage to be a swimmer. And I gotta honestly tell you, I don't believe that. I think he may have some genetic advantage, some genetic quirk or mutation that might have benefited him as a swimmer. But to, to pin his career on that would be uh, a travesty, I think. Cause who's to say, uh, where that would have led had he, say, grown up in the mountains and became a rock climber? Or he decided that he, he really enjoyed running, or he enjoyed basketball or hockey or, you know, any other activity. <clears throat> so, it's hard for me to justify this idea that you can be born with a talent for something like that. A talent for painting, a talent for writing. Uh, any, anything that we describe as a talent, I have a really difficult time with that, that concept. Um, I think you can have aptitudes, but here's where I think, this is what I think differentiates the great masters of something, uh, versus those who are just, you know, kind of dabbling in it. I think it is all about 100% from the time you're born to the time you die. <laughs> it's all about how much you want it. Um, Here's where things got mixed up, in my opinion. Uh, so in our conversation, this came up a lot. Uh, the the designer that we were hanging with, 
guy I really liked. I, I really enjoyed everybody that was there. I really enjoyed talking to everybody and, and I think I was kind of hacking everybody off with my stance on this, but, uh, I genuinely and earnestly was trying to kind of, you know, <laughs> explain why I believe this and why, why I don't believe in inborn talent as a guide to your, you know, success. Um, you know, he mentioned that his son has a friend who is just really good at doing like flips, you know, back flips, forward flips and that sort of thing. And that his son can do them, but isn't nearly as good at it. Right now, <clears throat> um, does that kid have a physical aptitude for doing that? Maybe he might have some, some genetic advantage for doing flips, but it's not, that's not a talent. <laughs> the talent would be, you know, in the way we use it and describe it, it tends to be things like, well, he's a very, very talented painter, which I've, I've always had a problem with because perhaps he's good with color. Perhaps he has a steady hand. Perhaps he, uh, understands the spatial relationships between, you know, subject and background and that sort of thing. But it's not like they were born with a paintbrush in their hand. You see, like, it's not like if you're a, a writer <clears throat> and there are writers who are better than you, it's not that they were born with a special gift for writing. Their bodies, their genes, their DNA had no idea what writing was. They had to learn that. And when they learned it, something clicked with them. And that something to me, oh, yeah, I just made money. Uh, <laughs> I thought I had turned that off. That's something to me is not talent. That something is desire, passion, um, interest. We become interested in something, and uh, whether that's conscious or subconscious, and we gravitate toward it. We find that we like it. Usually it's because we find that we're, we're naturally skilled at it. Being naturally skilled at something is not the same thing as talent. So in the case of the kids doing the flips, um, you know, I... <laughs> I said, well, and this this got deep into later. Um, you know, well, first of all, the kids doing the flips. I think one kid might have more natural aptitude towards that, but that doesn't mean the other kid can't learn to do it. It might mean it would be harder for them, but I firmly, firmly believe that we all have the the uh, potential to learn to be successful in anything we try to do, and we might have to find different ways to approach it. I might not be able to to slam dunk a basketball as easily as say uh Michael Jordan. Okay? But I I could learn to slam dunk a basketball. I could train myself until I can slam dunk a basketball. It's not going to come as naturally and easily to me. This is a tough one to prove by the way cuz I got no interest in learning how the <laughs> slam dunk a basketball. But I I have definitely seen guys who are far shorter than Michael Jordan, heavier than Michael Jordan. Uh, who t just trained and trained and trained until they could do it. Um, that, uh, I will argue until the day I die is not an, that's not about talent. It, it can be about aptitude and inclination, but it's not about talent. So, cause I think of talents, I think most people think of them this way, but, you know, talent, I, I will use the term talent because it's a nice shortcut. So you can be a talented writer, but I still say it's a skill. You can be a talented painter, but it's a skill. You you might have an inclination towards those things, 
might have an aptitude for them based on your past experience, based on, you know, the family you were born into, maybe, maybe some genetic quirk, um, is benefiting you, but I, you still have to learn that skill and nurture that skill. Uh, no, as far as I know, no pianist has ever sat down at, you know, a year old or two years old, old enough to put their fingers on a piano keyboard and simply played. Now, maybe there are examples of this that I'm not thinking of. I, you know, it seems like I've heard stories like this before, uh, but I still would not call that talent. <laughs> at this point, I'm, I may start to infuriate you because I don't think it's talent. I think that um, they might have certain natural uh, inclinations that allow them to instantly understand things like scale, the musical scale. Okay. So there are a lot of, a lot of people who can play by ear. Um, actually, so there's an example. I just thought of one. There were, I do know about a blind, I think, I think they were blind, uh, a, a child blind born with certain, um, I think maybe some, uh, developmental issues. Um, and they did have the ability to sit down and play a tune. Any tune they could hear, they could play. Um, I, I still argue that that's not talent, but is instead, uh, this, they have a natural ability to do that, but it doesn't, it, it comes from, you know, some other part of their brain that has a, a resonance with the idea of playing notes and scales. Uh, understanding those notes and scales and then understanding the relationship between those notes and scales and the keyboard. <laughs> feel like I'd got off in the weeds after all. Um, but okay. So I, if, if there is talent and natural talent for something, I, w- I would bend enough to say that example might be it. I still don't believe it. I still don't think that that's what that is. Uh, cause when we talk about talent, it's, it's like almost saying magic, you know, they always oh, say so talented. He's a talented pianist. He's talented because he practiced. He's talented because he, you know, he has a natural ear for, uh, harmonies, a natural ear for, you know, the, you know, replicating the notes and that sort of thing. Um, wasn't born knowing how to read music. Wasn't born understanding music <laughs> and musical theory. So that's where I kind of, I kind of veer off to the side. Okay. So, uh, the designer, um, mentioned that, um, he mentioned another cover designer who is far more skilled than he is, who does better work than he does by his, this is his admission. I don't know. I haven't seen either of these people's work. I don't know. Um, so where I think I may have irritated people and you can understand why is I, I said, you know, the real difference between you and him is he wants it more. And that I think does irritate people. But the heart of what I was trying to say, the point I was trying to make, it's not about your natural talent. That's a limiting idea. That's a limiting way of thinking. If you think, oh, I'm only so talented, then you've already limited the the, the uh, level of success you can achieve. But if you think, oh, uh, he wants it more than I do, then you have room to grow. So if I am a pianist 
And I hear another pianist who is far better than I am, far more talented, we'll say, than I am. If I say he's more talented than me, I only have so much talent, then I've just limited myself. I can't achieve beyond this natural barrier. But if I say he's very skilled, you know, he wants it, he he has a passion for it, I can try to emulate that that desire and that passion and improve my skill. Um these are fundamentally different ways of thinking, right? And I, if you read uh Dr. Schweck's book, uh, Mindset, it talks about this kind of idea too. Uh the closed mindset versus the open mindset, right? <clears throat> and in this case, that's exactly what I'm talking about. The idea of um defaulting to it's all about talent, in my opinion, is a closed mindset. Defaulting to um, it's about passion, drive, the decision to put in the time, energy, and effort to uh, to improve, and to improve this skill, to learn what I need to know, to to put in the the practice to perfect my technique. That's an open mindset. <clears throat> that it comes down fundamentally <laughs> to uh, you know I am I am one of these people. I love when people say it like that. I'm one of these people. I'm one of those people. I am a, I am the type of person who believes that all human beings have this, have essentially the same potential from birth till death, right? There are always going to be limiting factors. There are always going to be challenges and obstacles. But we all start on this. To me, we all start essentially on the same playing field. Um, those who were born with developmental disorders, uh, with physical limitations and, and disabilities, you know, you, you can, you can definitely make the argument that they are, they are not on the same level field as other people. But I still say in terms of potential, we're all the same. Like we all have the same potential at birth and where we take that potential is up to us. Um, if we let our natural limitations <clears throat> define us, if we let them determine our uh, how high we can get, one second. I think I've cleared it. Okay, uh, starting to get a little <laughs> flimmy there. Sorry about that. Um, if we let the uh, uh, the idea that we are born with certain limitations determine how much how far we can go in life then we've already limited our life. I believe no matter what your limitations, if you decide I'm, I'm going to go as far as I can go, you'll get much further than you, than deciding I'm going to go, to go as far as my capabilities will let me. I will go as far as my disability will let me. I will go as far as my talent will let me. Can, I'm hoping you are seeing what I'm saying here <laughs> and that you didn't tune out uh, the instant I said I didn't believe in talent. <clears throat> um, so this is where it comes down. This is what it comes down to for me. I believe that the difference between a so-so writer and a really, quote, talented writer is that the so-so writer doesn't want it as much as the talented writer does. 
they don't they don't want it enough to commit to putting in the time. They don't want it enough to put in the energy to learn the new skills, to be vulnerable and ask for feedback. Um, this is an ironic thing for me to say, by the way, because I am notorious for saying I don't want anybody's feedback. <laughs> but here, <laughs> this is one of those do as I say, not as I do. No, uh, <laughs> no, I, in re, in truth, I am actually open to people's feedback. I just am selective about what feedback I'll accept. I will only accept feedback from people who have done what I'm trying to do, which makes me kind of a curmudgeon when it comes to like editors. I'm saying this because I just had this conversation with um, Nick Thacker and Ernie Dempsey about developmental editors and how I don't want them. <laughs> I don't I don't want to deal with developmental editors because uh, unless that developmental editor has, um, you know, charted on the New York Times list and, you know, uh, uh, legitimately listed on these uh, services with bestsellers, gotten movie deals, you know, done all the things that I would like to happen in my career. Um, if they are, if they've done all that, I will certainly listen. Um, but Nick rightly and, and justly pointed out that for some, they have talents, quote unquote, in, uh, <laughs> in the area of, uh, editing and helping to nudge other writers towards, uh, perfecting their work rather than producing that work themselves. So I don't want to fall into the trap of those who do or those who can do and those who can't teach. You know, that's a bogus uh, sort of idea. We all know that even if you are not capable of doing something yourself, you can provide feedback that can be helpful to others. We know this is the truth. So I will, I will gladly accept that. That is, um, that is, you know, legitimately a, a very fine point and I accept it. Um, so I would argue it's not talent, however, it is inclination and aptitude, <clears throat> which are, by the way, included in the definition of talent. So you can take this for what you want. But I think that some people do have an aptitude for uh, reading and understanding story and flow and characterization and language, um, even if they themselves do not have an aptitude for writing it. So you don't have to be a painter, be a skilled painter to understand and appreciate a painting. You don't have to be a skilled writer to appreciate um, good writing, you know, and to understand how story works and to understand how to fix problems. Um, so completely accept that. I still just don't think it's talent. <laughs> Ultimately, here's where where I come down. I don't believe in talent as an excuse. That's really what it comes down to. I believe that if you want to improve as a writer, the way you improve is to write more. You can accept feedback. You can go to a developmental editor. Don't let me deter you from that. Just because I don't want to deal with developmental editors doesn't mean you can't or shouldn't. Um, what it comes down to is how much do you want it and what are you willing to do to get it? That's why I don't believe in talent as some inborn, uh, not just capability, but limitation. I, I, really what it comes down to is I object to talent as a limit. I object to the, I, the reason I don't like to talk about someone being talented and don't like to attribute their success to talent 
is because to me that is like putting them in this little box that says you were always destined to do it. You had all the advantages. I had none. You know, I didn't have the same advantages you did, and therefore I won't. I will never be able to do what you did. That to me irks me to the point of wanting to just stab people, <laughs> figuratively and metaphorically. By the way, <clears throat> so I hope I hope that makes sense, and I hope you understand where where I'm where I'm coming from with this, because in the end, you can use the term talent all you want. I just I. And, and I know there are plenty of people. There's a mindset in this world, and I've never been able to counter it. Uh, when, once people th- start thinking this way, and they've decided this is the way the world actually works, you know, uh, these concepts that certain people are born with certain advantages or privileges or you know talents, and that's that's just reality, and uh, you know, it gives them an advantage or whatever. I, I just don't believe that. I believe that we all can achieve anything we want to achieve. Will we always be able to succeed? No, not always. Sometimes you want to, you strike out there and you want to become the world's best pianist and the best you, you're, you manage to do is play in, in uh, you know, hotel bars or something. You, you never make um, Carnegie Hall. That's okay. It doesn't mean... <laughs> You were limited from the start. It just means, and we need to accept some personal responsibility in this, but it just means you didn't want it bad enough. You didn't work in the right way. You didn't work hard enough. It's not, it's not a failure. You know, you didn't get to the goal you set, but it, it's, it's a bit like saying, I didn't get to, I didn't get to New York City, uh, no matter how often I drove to Colorado, I never got to Oklahoma City. Or I'm sorry, Oklahoma City. Yeah, <laughs> to New York City. I have drafted digital in the brain. And no matter how often I drove to Colorado, no matter how many times I drove to Denver, I never ended up in New York City. That's the way this works. If you, no matter how often you wrote archaeological thrillers, Kevin Tomlinson, you never ended up with an, a book on Oprah. <laughs> Because Oprah doesn't read those, or if she does read them, she doesn't include them in her little book club. If I want an Oprah-style success, and you know, um, if I want a New York Times bestseller, if I want the things that I want for my career, then I have to do the things that will get me there. Which is not to say that my books couldn't do that, by the way. It's just saying that um, I have to, uh, I have to accept that I will always get. The results that I work for. And so will you. No matter what it is. It's, it's writing for us because we're independent authors. That's that's who we are. But in other aspects of your life, it's, you know, if you want to be a certain type of parent, you have to do the things that type of parent will do. You have to commit to it, be willing to do it, and do it. It's not about were you born with it. It's not about you don't have the gene for it. It's about the plan. It's about the system. It's about the responsibility you take for it. That's what it's about. Agree with me? Disagree with me? I, I understand on, on either side. You are welcome to uh, counter my points. Um, you can email me if you want. Pop on over to wordslingerpodcast.com and hit the contact button. 
send me, you know, or, you know, you can also comment by the way on the uh, show notes for this episode, but burn me to the ground. I'm fine with it. Um, if you don't agree, if you do agree, let me know that too. And share this. I, this was kind of rambling. Uh, and actually I'm testing something by the way. <laughs> I'm, te- I'm testing, um, something called otter.ai. Otter voice meeting notes, I think is what it's really called. And, um, I'm recording this in that because it's doing the transcript as I talk. This is not an endorsement. They are not sponsoring the show. Uh, but a, an author I did some coaching for told me about this and, uh, I was trying it out and it worked. It has worked very well for the transcripts I'm doing for the show, for webinars and that sort of thing. And, uh, it has a live recording transcription thing that I just think is pretty amazing. Uh, and it seems to be fairly accurate. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pop this whole transcript up unedited. I'm not going to edit it. I'm just going to pop it right up on this episode. And, uh, I want you to, uh, take a look and see what you think of it and let me know. Uh, and maybe I can get them to sponsor me for a future, (laughs) for future episodes, but Anywho, um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up. I'm at 30 minutes and I, I, uh, close to 30 minutes. I wanted to tell you this will probably be the last episode before the new year, probably the last episode before Christmas. And I, I wanted to tell you, um, I just appreciate everything about you. Okay. I don't know where you are in your career. I don't know what you're trying to accomplish, and I don't know how close or how far you are from that. But what I want you to take away from this episode, from the whole show, from everything that I do in the author community, uh, what I want you to take away f- from all of this is you have hope, and you are not alone. I'm here. There are, you know, hundreds of other influencers in this business, Um you know, draft to digital, uh, is here for you. <laughs> uh, and it, it reads that as draft a digital. That's pretty interesting. Um, but, uh, you know, there's lots of us here, lots of us out looking out for you. And there's a whole huge community of, of other authors, whatever you're facing, whether it's about writing or about your life. Um, I want you to know there's always someone here for you. So, um, yeah, that's, that's the gist. And no matter what, what level you are right now in your career, no matter where you are and where you think you need to be. Just remember, it's not, it's not some mystical, magical, undefinable thing that, that defines your, you and your career. Talent does not define you. What defines you is how much responsibility are you willing to take for yourself? How much effort are you willing to put in to achieve your goals? How big are your dreams? These are the things that actually um, define your career. These are the things that actually will help you to build and grow the kind of author career you want. If you can answer these questions honestly and then determine from there what what you really want versus what you say you want and then take responsibility for making changes doing the things that you absolutely 100% know should, must be done, uh, then if you're willing to do that, 
then you can get to where you're trying to go. I promise you. You know, if you're, if you are not achieving the thing you think you want, I, I swear to you, I promise you, if you look deep and you are honest with yourself, you will find that you're not doing the things that will get you there. You're not owning it. You're not wanting it enough. You're not taking enough responsibility. You can get mad at me. I will give you full permission to be mad at me. <laughs> but if you continue, if you continue to play victim, Rather than taking responsibility and owning your career and your life choices, your life itself, then you will always get what's handed to you. You will never get what you actually want. And that's, that's the truth. So God bless you. I hope that you, uh, hope you have a wonderful Christmas, wonderful New Year, safe, happy, healthy, warm, filled with friends, family. I hope, uh, I hope for all the best for you and you're not alone and I'll see you all next time. Hey, you're looking for a jump on your own indie author career, but kind of confused about where to start. I got the place for you. Check out draft to digital. That's where you're going to be able to convert your manuscript, distribute it worldwide online and get help the whole way from the best author support there is. Trust me on this one. So go check out draft to digital at draft to digital.com slash wordslinger. Well, that's it for this week's, this year's Word Slinger podcast. I am so happy that we had this uh, this time together. You, I just want to tell you, you guys have really made my life incredible. You know, you hang out with me every week. We talk about all kinds of crazy stuff. We uh, we build and grow our indie author careers together. That's a given. But beyond that. I just find it incredible that you, of all people, out of everyone in the world, you tune in and listen to the Words of Anger podcast. Uh, even more than that, look at what you're doing in your career. Look at what you've achieved in your life. Writing a book, publishing a book. If you're getting ready to do it, if you've done it, if you're going to do it again, it's all incredible. It is the greatest gift I can think of that you would share that with me. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for, uh, for the blessings that you bring to my life, for the goodness and the kindness, for <laughs> just the uh, enrichment and inspiration that you bring to me. And as we kind of get to the end of the year, 2019, closing out, weird, wacky stuff has happened, I know. But I wanted you to take one message with you into 2020. And that is, well, like I said earlier, you're not alone. Someone's here listening to you. Someone cares about you. That's me, but it's also everyone else in your life. So God bless you as you come to this all new year. Merry Christmas, and I'll see you in 2020. <laughs>